I want to go to a passage in Mark here. The Gospel of Mark is to represent the authority of Christ, that he has authority to do things here on earth as the face of God. Chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. It's only three verses. When you have it, say amen. Yeah, that's what I thought. I know y'all don't bring no Bibles. <laughs> At least your truthful church, that's good. We got three people with a Bible. That's all right. We provide it on the screen for you. Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. 41 through 44, excuse me. Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. Many rich people threw in large amounts, but a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a few cents. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, the poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. When I hear copper coins, I think of a penny. I don't think of a mite, but it was the equivalent of that time of a penny. And not about you, but pennies aren't worth much where I come from. I don't even hold on to them. To me, they're trash. I just throw them out. If it's not, if it's not at least a nickel, I mean, who saves their pennies in here? Somebody saves their pennies? Y'all making me feel really bad and superficial right now. <laughs> well, I'm going to start saving my pennies, maybe. The key here in this passage, is Jesus talking, is that they, got a, they gave out of their wealth but she gave up her poverty, which means everything she had, she gave what she could. Versus the wealth give, give out what's extra. It's the part that's not important to them. So when we're giving to God, we got to ask ourselves, are we giving what we don't need? Are we giving everything because we need? There's a big, big difference. And Jesus calls it out here that the, women with the, the woman with the two mites gave everything she had, and she is more blessed in heaven because of it, when the world will look at that and say, it's worthless. I want to give you this title today called Living With Less. Living With Less. And some of y'all know me going, is that you talking? I'll tell you what, when I was first a dad, I have five now. The, the goal was to not give them too much. And so, you, you know, you're worried about not having enough toys. So what do they do? They throw you like a baby shower. And then, and then you, you're worried about like spoiling them. But then, but then you get kind of excited because it's the first time you've ever had toys. And you start buying them maybe more than they need. Has anybody ever spoiled a child in here? Are you all just penny-pinching people who don't, don't spoil their children? <laughs> you never knew penny-pinching was a good thing. It is. So I bought my kids this choo-choo train that had 40 feet in track. Actually, it was like 70, 80 feet. So I got a problem, Nate. I couldn't just get my kid the train that went around in the little circle. I had to get him around that went around part of the house. For real. Because I thought that'd be cool to give them more of that. They'll just never forget how awesome their dad was. I didn't know that when I put the track down on really thick carpet, it wouldn't work so well. 
because of the bounce, you know? So the track was like, the spinning wheels were, were constant, and they're getting on the train, and they weren't going nowhere. They're like, Dad, when they're two, Dad, you know? And so then I had to do things like, I tried to, I tried to wrap the plastic tires with some tread so they gripped the track in my loft. And then, and then this thing was just a nightmare to maintain. I was creating like all this work, you know? And then over time, that, that room, which was supposed to be like a family room, turned into a playroom. I'll never forget, Nate, somebody once in there said, you could have a church in here. I said, this is my kid's playroom. What do you mean? And anybody ever had the landmines go off on their feet when they're walking to their office in the morning? And it's that toy again? It's that God-blessed toy of, from heaven? And, and it's like, it's a, you know, it's a sharp part. It stabs you right in the bottom of the foot, and you do one of these. And you're not, you're not slain or nothing in the spirit. You're like, you're like hurt your foot. Well, our house over time became like this hot mess for, for toy accumulation. And people come over. And when we thought the playroom was clean, it was just still destroyed because we were so used to the surplus in there of just chaotic mess. I mean, I had to tuck, duck, and roll just to get to my office. It was dangerous. It's like going through the war zone. You see Mission Impossible? You see when they're going through the lines to get through so they don't set the bomb off? That's what it was like going to my office for like 10 years. I worked in the, above the garage, and I had to go through this playroom. And it was always, well, next week we're going to clean that up. But 2023 came, and we decided as a family, we're going to live more by living with less. Because as you accumulate over time, you start getting tired you start realizing what you put your value in was weighing you down. And that actually by handling less, you're more free. There's a freedom in living with less. Does anybody know what I'm saying today? Okay. The world teaches you that two mites is worthless. It's, it's the two might mindset that why save it? Because it's worthless. It's got to be big or go home. I even preach it, go big or go home. We can't do 10 signs in eight. We got to get to 200 and by midsummer. It's because, well, that's for Jesus. That's a little different. But, but, but we don't do that at home no more because that was, that was hurting us, making us spiritually flat. It was making us lackluster in everything. It was making us not present in the moment. It was like we were really good at posting pictures that look like the, 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 the pretty family, but the family was disconnected because there's so much chaos. Does anybody have a family like that? Or is mine the only one that's human? Okay, that's good. That's good. You know, you think more kids, well, I miss, I miss having a baby. We'll just make another one. Oh, I miss, they're the three now. They're three now. Let's have another one. As you have more, you dissipate the quality of each one, the quality time spent. Now it's like, which kid, what's your name? Put, put it on Google Calendar. I'll get back to you. <laughs> I'm joking, y'all. But what I'm trying to tell y'all is we think as the world to gather more is where we find the joy, and eventually gathering more shows us that the joy is where we started. The woman was blessed because she gave 100%. The rich were not because they gave half a percent. If you want to put numbers on it, they gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her poverty. All that she had, she gave. She gave the last, the last shirt, she, you know, the last garment, the last food she had, she gave it to God. Everything she had, she gave it in the moment, and she'd be blessed. The richest gave what they didn't need. And there's a difference there to God. It's this two-might mindset we have in the world that teaches us the difference between 
it does not teach us the difference, excuse me, between material and spiritual abundance. God preaches abundance too, but not in those things. The world preaches abundance in material things. And the more you can impress the world, the more happy you'll be. But the realization is the people who get to get it all up front, eventually they're going, I, I'm not happy with my life. What do I got to do to find happiness? I know I'll just get more. How many know a rich, uh, famous kid star on TV? How many know that those don't usually end up well? How many know that rich young athlete who got a, got a multi-million dollar football contract out of high school, didn't never learn nothing about managing money, and then their life's a mess? Because the world teaches them that consumption is the key to success and joy, and it actually destroys them from the inside out. And then they're going, why can't I be happy? I think it's related to this passage. we got to shake the two-might mindset. God teaches us we need abundance in the spiritual things and that he's happy to provide those. But if we gather abundance in the material things, we start losing sight of what's valuable in the spiritual things. Kind of like when Jesus forgave sin, they thought it was no big deal. But when he healed someone and they could see it, they thought that was valuable. And Jesus says, you got it backwards because if you're not seeing like I see, you're not seeing where the value's at. You got to see what the spirit says, Christ. Remember the Pharisees were all upset at him because he forgave sin on the Sabbath? Come on, y'all, I know you were reading that yesterday in your Bibles. They're plucking some corn, eating some food. How dare they be human? Christ continues to reemphasize that the abundance of this life is built in eternity through seeing in the Spirit. It's all in eternity. This life is not a treasure, it's possession. There's a difference. Treasures in heaven, possessions here on earth. And there's a difference the two mindset is teaching you that your treasures here on earth, that the more you gather, the more you can impress, and the more you can look the part, the more people will love you. But at the end of the day, will you love you? At the end of the day, will you feel fulfilled? Maybe. My brother used to say a funny, funny joke, Jen. He'd be like, you know, I sure would like to find out what it's like to have to deal with having all that, that kind of problem. Like, we knew, you know, that's not the joy to happiness, but it'd be fun to figure it out and see what it felt like, right? That's what he used to say. And um, I think he'd tell you different today because that was 25 years ago. We're taught to prosper, though, in this world by gathering. But am I chasing a cluttered dream that's saturating my spiritual journey with distractions? that are opposing God's percentage of faith here? Are you living more today by living with less? Now think about that. It's a play on words. Are you living more by living with less? How many like V-Bucks? What's a V-Buck? And of course, I knew my son's hand would be the first one to go up. V-Bucks are digital dollars you can spend on Fortnite. And if you really want to go big, get your parents' credit card, keep it on file, and disable authorization for permission to purchase. You know what they're doing in these games, y'all? They're training the kids to get high on the thrill of the chase so they can buy something digital that was never real to begin with. Colton has a treasure in Fortnite. 
I know, I, know, I know Kale probably can connect with this Nicole. They're always playing together. He's like, Dad, I spent 30 bucks on a new dance move. When they start the game, there's this like person dancing and they get different moves if they spend mom and dad's money. And then, and then I got a new skin, like a new outfit that, that they, go, they go play the game with. And so he's got probably like 300 bucks in this game. Now, from a business standpoint, pretty smart, but what they're doing is they're drugging your children. It's addiction. Because every time he buys the V-Bucks and then the thing's over, he's like, Dad, I just need 50 more V-Buck points. I just need 50 more. 50 more. And I'm like, it's a vacuum, son. You're getting hustled. You're getting hustled. But, but we wonder why we do it as adults when we're doing it as children. I was guilty of it, too. Mine was just not digital. It was comic books and baseball cards. And the more you had, the better. I never looked at those things twice. It was all about the consuming action of it. And then it leaves you with this hole, so you got to keep consuming like a drug. That's how we roll in America. That's how we do it. We are wealthy by nature in our country. We're used to comfort. And so that's how we think. And I'm not saying that's bad, but I'm going to get there. When he wants to buy something else, guess what? He's always broke. You know why? Because he keeps pouring his money into the hole. And then, I love you, buddy. I'm just going to use you as an illustration. I won't say your name. <laughs> one day his tablet broke. He wants to buy a new one. Well, Dad, I got no money. I said, son, quit, quit burning it on the same thing that's not bringing back nothing. And then guess what? I found a used tablet. Next thing you know, money's going back to V-Bucks. Just like that. Just as bad as the need changed to being satisfied, the mentality went back to the old way. Now, this is just a little boy. It's different. But are you not getting this? That just like an adult, as soon as the need's satisfied, as soon as God blesses you, you're back to saying, I got it. I got it. Look at your neighbor and say, I got it. My God, I don't, I don't need Jesus. Oh, that's blasphemous. Well, quit saying it. Amen, Camilla. That's my one-year-old. <laughs> that formula leads to accumulation of a flattened fruitness output. So we can be the wealthy in this passage and do nothing with what God has supplied us with, or we can go down to the basics and do everything with the little bit God has blessed us with. There's a big difference. One is out of our poverty, out of our necessity. One is out of blessing and luxury. It's easy to give when you don't need it. Let me tell you that. It's really easy to give when you don't need it. So guess what the devil will tell you always why you shouldn't give to God's house, why you shouldn't give, why you should, why you should only tip God instead of tithing God. It's because he'll tell you, he'll tell you need that. God said, I'm sorry, but that was mine to begin with. <laughs> and Jesus says, it just, he, goes, he goes, oh man, they think it's theirs. How do you think you got that job? Oh, well, he's preaching about giving. Sure am. Because if you don't understand the heart of giving, God can't really transform your life. It's not about your wallet. It's about where your treasure lives. One is possession. One is treasure. You're building up your earthly treasure. Guess what's not building up? Then your heavenly one. 
That woman was blessed because she knew it was just possession. And I'm going to give it all to God because it's his anyway. And I'm going to have a heavenly treasure. Says the woman with two mites that no one would even look at because she only had copper coins in her purse. She didn't fit the profile. She wasn't in the clique. She wasn't in the clique, Jen. Because she didn't look the part. She didn't have the nice wheels. She didn't have the stuff. All they did, well, we gave too. That's good. God says, Get out, give, give out of your necessity that this is for God, what I do with my life. Versus giving out of what you don't need, you don't even know it's gone. It's a heart condition. So how do we get there? Well, you got to clean your house. Like we had to clean that playroom. It's still a work in progress. How many got a really nice spick and span house today? Three people. How many have a nice messy house today? Can I get two arms, please, and a foot? How many have kids in that, those same people who raise their hands? All of them. <laughs> I'm, I want to tell you something funny here. I think you'll get this, and then you'll get this. You heard about, like, the economic crisis we're in this year, right? Interest rates are up. I had a line of credit so good as, like, free money, 1.9%. Now it's 10%. You know what that makes me do? That makes me look at what I put on there a little differently. Now it's not two mites to me. It's valuable to me. We look at economic recession like it's God himself. Are y'all getting this? What do we do when things tighten up? Oh, we can't go. We got to tighten up. We got to hold it. Now everything we own has great value. They raise the interest rate by a percent, Jen. It's still like a third of what it was in the 80s. And they think the world's over, Jen. Oh, God, it's 6%. It was like 18 in the 80s. But what, what do we do? This is what the devil wants you to do. You need to hold all that because, because God will understand. You need, to, you need to value all that because God will. Now, we're not talking about being conservative is a good thing. But we get so scared when the news tells us something. What about when the Bible tells us something? Well, I don't watch that channel. Maybe we should start watching that channel. Did you know we're in a spiritual economic crisis that's gone way before 2023? The good news with the worldly one is it's in cycles, so we'll rebound. The bad news with God's word is God's word is God's word. It's forever today, yesterday, and tomorrow. So we either serve it or we don't. We either serve mammon or we don't. Quit telling God you got, you got theology figured out and you've made your own God. Oh, this is starting to hurt, Nate. I don't think they can handle this. I had a week off. I told you I just tell it like it is, just like the speaker. I just come here to preach it like it is. Like, are you serving the world or are you serving Jesus? There's a spiritual economic crisis going on. The interest rates in heaven are high for your heart. God's willing to just do anything to get your heart so that you quit looking at what you got here as a treasure when it's broken and it's possession and it don't go with you. 
It doesn't go with you. And you know what's so good when you start looking like that? God will bless you more here on earth. You know why? Because he can trust you with it. He said, you know what? If it's not going to ruin you, I'm going to use it for you to help others. But if it's going to ruin you, let's go back to two mites. Whatever we got to do to stay focused. So how do we do that? We clean our house. Because the more clutter you keep in your house with everything else you're consuming is the less you can see Jesus and how valuable the treasure in heaven is. You got to clean your house. Look to your neighbor and tell them it's messy. I told this story once. Anytime somebody comes over, everything goes in the bedroom. Oh, you just have the cleanest kitchen. Mm-hmm. Just look at the rest of the house. You call us a liar. We didn't tell you how to clean house. We said, come over, we got a clean kitchen. <laughs> Sometimes that's not even true now. You put five kids in there. I was out this past weekend. How many enjoyed the, the message this past weekend with um, Pastor Jim? I kept hearing a Will Smith song. Here comes the man in black. He was in the shadows. I looked on the TV. It was black. Everything was black. I said, God's got it. I'm weird. I, I hear Will Smith when I see stuff like that. But it was cool. My niece got married. We went to a wedding, and uh, they had, how many know what a Shirley Temple is? Or we used to call them, in the non-Christian world, you call them kitty cocktails. <gasps> no, they're Shirley Temples. We're Christians. It's just Sprite, y'all, and cherry, cherry juice. Oh, some of y'all don't know if you should laugh or not, because he said cocktail. You don't know if it's like a real cocktail, a mocktail, or whatever. I don't even know all that language. I just know some Sprite, cherry juice, and a cherry. How many get excited when they see the Shirley, the Shirley Temples? How many 44-year-olds get excited like when they're eight and they go, oh, they got a Shirley Temple? <laughs> so we were there, and I was thinking about these Shirley Temples, and the favorite part everybody knows is the cherry. The cherry. And some of y'all been given to God like he just wants the cherry. Some of y'all treat God like he just, he just wants the cherry. He wants the whole thing. He wants the whole thing. Like, here's the cherry, God. I'm going to keep the rest for me. He wants the whole thing. The woman gave him the whole thing. The wealthy gave him the cherry. This ain't extra credit. You're not going to get a commission from God, a 3% raise at the end of your year because you gave God some cherry. This is not buttering up your boss. This is the king of kings. We dunk people in water and we bring them out in new life because there's a name that represents the king that's Christ. So why would I give him just the cherry? I don't know what he's talking about. He's talking about cherries, he's talking about Sprite, and he's talking about Jesus. It's okay. Line upon line, precept upon precept, every word shall be established in your heart. And when the preacher talks about Sprite, this week God's going to give you a revelation of what he was really saying. That I'm not all in like I thought. I'm broke spiritually, and I'm wealthy earthly. My material abundance is high, but I want treasure in heaven. That's what God's going to tell you in a couple days when this sinks in, when you get past the, the construction and you get past the technical issues and you get past the illustration, something deeper is going to root because God's going to give you revelation because one waters, one plants, God gives a revelation. That's why we do it like that. Clean your house. We live in an extra credit culture. Extra credit. How many remember extra credit in school? <laughs> I don't even remember how it worked. I just remember it was extra credit. 
I don't remember school. That's probably why I don't remember the extra credit. <laughs> Here's what I'm trying to get to y'all. I know I'm a little foggy today. It's from the week off. Those things create comfort in your life. And you can look at every Bible story in the history of the Bible. And when there was comfort, there was complacency, there was lack of faithfulness. But when you get in the shoes of the woman today, and you say, this is all I have, would I give it up for somebody? That's going to get you to reach to God differently. You know why? Because focus comes into play. That's why we keep saying this living with less thing is what creates focus so we become more dependent on Christ and not on our comforts of this world. We, we put our faith in control. You know, I was thinking this morning, uh, not this morning, last weekend, the drive home from southern Missouri, wherever I was, God only knows, at least they had internet. The most two things people hold on to from God, guess what they are? To really relinquish control of their life. Guess what they are? Anybody? It's okay, you can just shout it out. One thing, what are the two things that if God takes control of, he has control of your life? Nobody wants to answer. Your heart. What are the two things that control your heart? Money. In your mouth. Money. In your mouth. I don't like this. He's like talking truth to us. You just wait till we get in, James. Your mouth is all fruit bearer of the seed that's rooting. And we put our faith I'm guilty of this in money, in my mouth. So when I think that I got it covered with my money, in my mouth, guess what? I don't really look to Jesus. That's why God uses both as a test to test the condition of your heart. That if he can get your mouth, that he can get your, 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 your giving mentality, not only through your tithes and offering, but through your servant heart, just like we served our ladies in yesterday. If he can get you to give out of the abundance of your heart, the Bible says the mouth speaks what's in your heart. So if he can get, if he can get those two things, real transformation has happened. You can go read Acts, and you can say it's weird, and I agree it's pretty weird, but that's what God does. That's what God does. You can go read James and say it's weird, but it's weird because God's doing it different. This is good. Watch this. Is it possible that the more we gain in this world creates a, a, a desire not to give anymore? We talked about holding those pennies, right? You ever met somebody who's really tight with those pennies, but like by the millions? And they don't want to give nothing. They don't want to give anything. It's like the devil says, the more you gain, you better hold that thing because we're in a crisis. The more you gain, our percentage goes down for Jesus. Because our comfort goes up, our faithfulness to things goes up. And if we only got 100% to share, y'all, if, if, if 80% goes up in these things, I only got 20% left for Jesus. You getting this? It's not about having things. It's about having priority and what the things are compared to God's treasure 
in heaven. And so what happens is the more you gain, now there's a tipping point to this. But in that middle, this is like the small business. How many like business? How many, how many like to nerd out about business? I know you're putting you, putting you all to sleep. We could talk about like some, some kids' songs or some slurpees. It'll be good. But we talk about like something else. It's just like this is too, too deep. This is like the mid-sized business moment of your spiritual walk. There's a part where you're, you're, you're being pulled by the devil to think it's got to go one way. But when you hit a certain point in your spiritual walk, you realize it was upside down to begin with. It was upside down to begin with. And then you start reflecting back on when you started. So that's why you got to have less to live with more. And you got to realize possession is not treasure. And that the only real treasure is in the... Days to come in heaven, baby. It's in the days to come. And so with that mindset that we don't see that in that middle window, that I'll call it the growing stage of your spiritual business. It's that, it's that we think if we don't hoard it and hold it and stay tight with everything, we can't grow. Guess what? You got to invest that back in the kingdom to grow the kingdom, to grow your life. If you don't invest your two mites in God fully, how do you expect to, to recoup an investment, a blessing? This is not about dollars. This is an illustration. This is about your heart. They gave out of their abundance. They didn't even know it was gone. She gave out of the poverty of her heart. That's why she gained eternal heaven, treasure. So you have to, you have to see, if I don't take what he's given me and put it back in his plate, it won't multiply. It will d diminish. Are you a one percenter or a 100 percenter in your walk? Are we the rich man in the text that went away disappointed because God said, give away your Starbucks cards that have been sitting in your drawer anyway. Give away that extra coffee maker that's got calcium buildup because nobody, nobody uses it. You left, you left your possessions. He says, you can't even leave your possessions for me. He thought they were treasure. How many know that story? He said, God, I'll do it. This is not even a scripture. God, I mean, these, these scriptures. He said, God, I'll do anything. I'm your best man for the kingdom. He said, give away your stuff. Then he said, oh, I don't know about that. I'll get back to you. And then he just vanished. It's a heart condition. It's a heart condition. You want to be blessed more on earth? Give more to God's kingdom in everything you do. And to find that place, you got to clear out the house, clear out the temple, clear it out. Make some room. How can I see God do something in my life when I'm distracted by a thousand things of nothingness? People get caught up in the nothingness of their life, like the things that don't matter. It's petty. Don't let that occupy your mind. That's what the devil wants. He wants it to occupy everything, so you just keep thinking God is good, and I don't have to do nothing, and my life don't matter, and I'm insignificant, and I don't have no gifts, and I only have one might, and I just don't have no reason to serve God faithfully. That's the devil's lie. God wants your heart. He wants to use you. You've got a treasure in heaven, and he wants you to be in heaven with him. And he says, go take what I've given you and spread it among the earth like the two fish. It'll multiply. It'll multiply. Are you living more by living with less? I'm going to tell you where treasure lives. It lives here. Let's, let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy gross. 
and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moths and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your treasure is, is where your heart is. Is that making sense? That's actually really deep. That means if I dedicate everything I got to that thing, that's where my heart's at. I'm preaching to me. I got a lot of nice things that mean nothing anymore. Because the more you get, the more you realize how dead you are without Christ. Paul says, I have to die to the flesh and be weak so Christ is strong in me. And unfortunately, we only, we only see that in times of crisis, like when the interest rates go up, like when, when work's down, when business isn't good, then I need Jesus again. God doesn't want you to live in fear. He doesn't want you to live in, in, in depression, but he wants you to live totally dependent on him in good times too. And that's what happens. We, we check him out of the conversation in the good times. And that leads to a lot of possession, but no treasure. I want the treasure in heaven. And the older I get, and the more I see my boys drifting from treasure and get into V-Bucks, the more I see it's my job as the parent to steer them straight to the treasure in heaven, that we can have fun, baby, but it's not our treasure, that I'll make it through this without an internet on the road trip to the lake. I'll make it through this if I don't have that internet connection. My kids start, they start shaking and convulsing if we take the internet in the car ride. Has anybody else had this happen? What are they gonna be like when real life hits them in 20 years? Sometimes there's no internet but there's always treasure in heaven. Y'all can stand. It's fun having cool stuff. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff here at the church. But if I make that our treasure, if we make that our treasure, we diminish the mission. God gives cool stuff so you can always point them back to the treasure in heaven. That's the only treasure. This ain't no Scrooge McDuck cartoon. That's not a treasure. That's possession. The real possession is in heaven. It's in heaven. So if you get lost in earthly possession, you'll lose sight of heavenly treasure. So God gave you two mites today. Use it well. Use it well. Like, what can we do to be frugal with what God's given us? That possession is also provision. That's a supply. And we use it well. You know, someone who's really good at being frugal with God's goodness is Jen. Jen is very frugal and very good at using it well. When we do these pop-up events and stuff, Jen is so good at like keeping it fun, but keeping it used well, not wasted, not frivolous, not unnecessary. So I appreciate that about you, Jen. Because you know why? Because she knows this is kingdom dollars. This is a kingdom experience. And what we do here on earth is a reflection of what we're saying we value heaven as. And so we have to treat it with excellence. We have to be frugal with it, but use it well. God wants you to use the two mites you've got today. Use it well when you leave here. Use it well, and it's going to multiply. It's going to multiply through your actions, through you, the people you influence. It's going to multiply. Use it well. 
Treasure lives here. God is raising the quality of your life today by you removing the clutter, which will raise your value on him. My value is in Christ. When times are hard, I depend on Christ. There's been times in this walk where I got way past the material and said, God, I just trust you have this. I'm getting lost, God. I'm getting lost in this. I just trust you have this because I can't think about nothing. I'm so lost in this, God. I just trust you have this, and that's all I'm holding on to. That's all I'm holding on to. That's all you need is that trust of where your treasure is, and God will fix it. God will find a way around it, and sometimes to get around it, you got to go through it. You got to go through it sometimes, but he will always bring you through it if you trust him and know that that's where your treasure is. Amen? We're going to go out and do some baptisms. We're going to close in prayer. And I want to use these baptisms as a witness to what I'm speaking to. Every head bowed. Every hand lifted. If you're not used to lifting your hands, I challenge you today that no one's looking, but give your chance, give yourself a chance to show God where your value is. It's in heaven. And I'm going to declare with one hand today by lifting my hand that I believe that, that I'm taking a step of faith today by taking actions with my words, taking actions with, 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 with in my heart. And God, we just want to thank you today for the 11 people who have come forward today that want to publicly profess your word by, by demonstrating a spiritual burial in that water to immerse baptizo. We are fully submerging them, God. The old is new. The old is gone and the new has come, God. We thank you for that because they are witnessing the power of your word being manifest into action by doing so. And without seeing your word in action, people don't, they don't connect with it, God. We preach that they got to see with their spiritual ears. And I know you use earthly miracles to demonstrate that. So when we publicly profess, the spiritual revelation happens. And we're thankful for that, God. We pray, we pray today for your favor on these young people that are coming out today, God, to declare their faith in you and let the world know, I follow Jesus. I follow Jesus. I don't follow John. John's baptism was unto repentance, but he who's come before me is now after me, whose shoes I'm not worthy to lose. He comes with baptizing with fire in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to baptize under his name, the name above all names, and that's Jesus, because he, he shall save his people from their sins. I follow follow Jesus. And I publicly declare that now. We give thanks for that, God. Let us clean out the mess. Let us recognize where treasure is. Let us get our behinds in church and serve faithfully to this community so they can see the word go out and not stay in these walls. And we can cross in the right city. And we can cross our signs into Wentzville. And we can cross our signs into Warrington. And we're taking this word out. We're taking it out, God. Let us live with the mission, the mission mindset, not seat warmers. We're not seat warmers. We're mission-minded. We're not in the church. We are the church. We glorify you now, God. We go out and praise and we sing this together. And if the house of God can say in Jesus' name, amen.